The following is a hoop ball presentation. Everybody and welcome to the Box Score Breakdown for Saturday, December 19th, 2020. I'm your host, Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and you can find me at Mr. Jolly of Sydney uh, on Twitter. My co-host, or the better half, as he likes to call himself, Scotty the Harlander. There can only be one, and thank goodness for that. Harland is having a well-earned day off, soothing his tired throat with some bourbon and cokes out in his balcony, probably. <laughs> but thankfully, we have a man with us today joining me on the show who is always working, and he comes from the city that never sleeps, New York City. I'd like to introduce a wonderful friend of mine. His name is Michael Hussey. Uh, he is the founder of several different startups, including way back when, Rate My Professor, uh, even Rate My Teacher. He now runs something called Stat Social. He is the father of four wonderful daughters as well. Uh, he is at Hussey Michael on Twitter. Correct me if I'm wrong, Michael Hussey. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Mate, it's my pleasure to have you on. How do you find time to do everything with that much going on? Well, once you have kids, you have to select the sports that you want to focus on. And for me, uh, it's basketball with, with, I guess, football and baseball coming in second and third place, unfortunately. But uh, I'm a long, uh, long-time Celtics fan, long-time NBA fan, uh, love statistics, love numbers, and Glad to be here. Tell us a little bit about Stat Social very briefly. Like, so what do you do with stats and, and it's related to social media, isn't it? Yeah, it's basically we are helping brands and marketers understand who their customers are and what they do and talk about across all the major social media platforms like Instagram and Twitter, YouTube, etc. And uh, yeah, basically just connect the dots for a few hundred million people around the world, a few hundred million and connect the dots to uh, brands, uh, databases and, um, analyze and, and, uh, identify trends and, and, uh, key segments of, of their customer base. And you think like you've been working with statistics and working with, uh, the web for a very long time. You think that helps you play fantasy basketball? It, I think so in the sense that I spent a lot of time in Excel, a, a lot of time, um, working with, with, uh, statistical models and, and what I really like to do is take uh, NBA data and put it into Excel and apply some of the same sort of analyses that, that I might do on a day-to-day basis. It helps sort of jog my mind uh, away from like brand marketing data. It's much more fun to be looking at um, you know, emerging, emerging players and emerging uh, you know, ranking, ranking uh, prospects and things like that. I think that segues nicely into the first thing I wanted to talk to you about today. Before we get to the box scores, we've got three games that we're going to get to. Uh, I'm going to talk with uh, Mr. Hussey about uh, his love for the Celtics, and we'll have a look at some of the Celtics players that are breaking out. We're also going to have a look at some guys that he thinks are overvalued uh, due to the preseason, people having short memories. We'll have a look at some overreaction guys as well, where people are overreacting to maybe some down areas too. And we'll have a look at the box scores for the three games today, which was uh, Charlotte against uh, the Orlando Magic, of course. And we've got Detroit against the Wizards and Atlanta against 
the Memphis Grizzlies. Before we do that, I need to tell you about something very important. The Bruise Letter, it is back. Oh, yes, it's back and it's fresh for the 2021 NBA season. Our founder uh, and overlord, Aaron Brewski, is writing an email newsletter which is filled with his most intimate fantasy nuggets. It's exclusive content. You cannot find it anywhere else. It's not on the website. It's not on any podcast. It's not on social media. It's only in the email newsletter, and you can sign up and get it for free. You know, uh, last season when I was playing, before I was involved with the hoop ball, I subscribed to this, and it was a, a huge help to me, as long, along with some other things, just really understanding the ins and outs uh, uh, of things as they uh, take place during the season. So just go to bit.ly slash bruiseletter2021. That's B-R-E-W. S Bruise Letter 2021 and sign up in 10 seconds. Again, the site is bit.ly slash Bruise Letter 2021. Aaron Brewski, straight to your inbox. Uh, Mr. Hussey, let's jump into it, shall we? Let's talk about the Celtics first. Obviously, it was a bad game against the Nets, and I think you pointed out that uh, the Nets were basically playing their full-strength lineup. However, were there some things in that that disappointed you in terms of the potential breakout players and, and who stands out for you? As a Celtics fan, it's never fun getting pummeled. It's definitely never fun getting pummeled by Kyrie Irving um, and letting him do whatever he wants. Um, however, just a little perspective, the second half of that of that game, Brad Stevens was running out rookies and second and third year players uh, against a full strength uh, net, Nets team. So I think what what we what we saw there was Brad Stevens searching for a prospect or two that's going to be able to play regular rotation minutes, and so the bad news is pretty much all of them were disappointing uh, last last night. What about Grant Williams? He's one that, despite maybe not being as fantastic as you'd hoped in the last couple of games, that you're still holding out hope. Can he add value in fantasy this season, or is he more of a real life? Uh, player at this point than a than a fantasy value player. Um, Grant Williams is going to be is going to be fine. Um, I think that he's undervalued in in fantasy this year only because if you look at his season long averages, particularly from deep, pretty dismal. Um, what people who don't watch the Celtics every day probably don't understand is that he missed something like his first first thirty to forty three pointers that he ever took in in the NBA. Uh, since that point, he's been nearly a 50% three-point shooter, and that continued uh, on into the bubble. So I think once the rotation is established, you're going to see Grant Williams playing major minutes. By major minutes, I'm talking 20 to 25 minutes every single night. And I would expect to see him get three to five uh, three-point shots up, up up every night. And, and I'd like to see an average you know, three, you know, 37 to 40%, I think, is doable. That would be tasty. I've just done a trade for him in Dynasty. I traded away um, Jarrett Allen. That was the centerpiece of it um, with uh, a guard, and I got back uh, Aaron Holiday and Grant Williams. Now, I'm in a rebuild kind of mode, and I'm happy. I'm looking for good picks in next year's draft. Was that a massive overpay? I love Jarrett Allen. I think he is massively undervalued uh long term i'm not talking about this season per se so is it a, is it a dynasty league it's a dynasty league yeah and it's it's a, it's a very deep league as well and i like kind of like aaron holiday it's a 12 12 team starting league i think it's real it's you know on the surface it looks like looks like equal value you're going to need to have 
uh, Grant Williams shooting, you know, 40% from three, I think, to ultimately come on top. But I think it's it's definitely doable. Speaking of things that are doable, that I'm hoping are doable and you are definitely not, is Kyrie <laughs> Irving being good this season? Let's just jump straight into the overvalued overreaction, guys. I have Kyrie Irving in a couple of dynasty league startups because he's just such <laughs> looked like such great value uh, at that at the position that he was at. I definitely don't think it's... I think no-brainer is an expression that I would use. It doesn't mean it's a no-doubter, by the way, before you throw all kinds of New York uh, feces at me from a great height out of your skyscraper. Uh, <laughs> I definitely understand there's a big there's a risk with him, but uh, is Kyrie being overvalued? So I, I've taken him at like 30, 22. Uh, I think the earliest I took him was like, I think that was the earliest, 22, actually. I've taken him at 25, something like that. But there are people taking him you know, as early as early in the second round. Is that nuts? Look, when Kyrie is healthy, when Kyrie is focused, he is a top 15 player, maybe even a top 10 player. He is an incredible basketball player. But what we've seen over and over and over again is there's something something missing uh, with, with, that, with that guy. And it's a long season. It's a shortened season than normal, but it's still a long season and there's going to be adversity. It's not going to be all kumbaya. In, in, in Brooklyn, uh, and there's, you know, you know, the question becomes, when when uh, adversity hits, how is he going to react, um, and is he going to get injured, and, and and all of that. That said, in a perfect world, he is incredible value in in in, in the twenties. I just wouldn't pick him because I just don't trust. I think it's too risky. Um, that something there's going to be some sort of blow up later in the year. Now, he's a guy you actually saw live in the TD Garden as well. What was it? I mean, try and put your Kyrie hatred to yeah. the side and tell us what was it like to see him play live because a lot of people listening around the world might not have had the, the pleasure. Well, I saw him play live a few times in Brooklyn as well when he was on the Celtics and saw him play live a few times in, in, in TD Garden when I would visit. He's, he's one of the most wonderful players in the NBA to watch. And what was so awesome in Brooklyn – um, even though when he, he was still on the Celtics, every time he got the ball, there was an electric feeling in, in, mm-hmm. in the stadium. There was just like an expectation. Something awesome was just about to happen. And you could just, you know, that, you know, is one of the, probably one of my best memories of the last decade in, in, in NBA basketball is watching Kyrie with the ball. So I have no um, issues with, with, with his, with his game. I just, you know, as a Celtics fan, as most Celtics fans, just do not like, just do not like the guy and do not trust his, you know, his mental state at given mm-hmm. everything that we've been through. Yeah. And just to sort of highlight what uh, Michael was talking about with Kyrie's value, he was seventh on per game last season. And if he gets yeah. close to like 60, 62 games, they, if you're getting him in you know, late second, or early third, he's, he's definitely value. Um, uh it reminds me a bit of when I saw LaMelo Ball play here at maybe at a slightly lower level in the, the uh, NBL here. Every time he touched the ball, there was that same electric thing because he just has those handles and, you know, seeing yeah. a defender go the wrong way, even from far away, right up in the bleachers, you can still get a sense of, wow, he just absolutely destroyed that guy. And now yeah. the ball is completely in another place on the court in like two seconds flat or a split second or something amazing. Another guy who kind of gets the pulse racing, I guess, is uh, Jason Tatum. Now, he's somebody that was hurting me last season in field goal percentage, and I traded him away for Bam uh, in one league, which actually worked out okay for me. 
although obviously Tatum finished higher. Uh, what about Jason Tatum? Are people overreacting? His field goal percentage has been pretty garbage in preseason. It's interesting because what this is an this is an overreaction. This happened at the start of last season. This happened at the start of the bubble. Um, this happened at the you know this is happening again in preseason where the first few games he is absolutely garbage uh, from from the field, um, just absolutely disgusting. And then a few games in, for some reason, it takes him a few games. It seems to get his rhythm, and then he comes back. That said, that said, without Kemba, without Gordon, it's going to be harder for for J, uh, excuse me for Jason Tatum to get back to the same level of efficiency uh, that he that he enjoyed through the second half of last year um, and in, in and into the playoffs. I believe that once Kemba comes back, you're going to see Jason Tatum just rocket into you know top five. Uh, NBA talent, top five uh, fantasy talent. But I do think the first half of the season could be a little rough. Okay, well, that's a good warning for everybody. Um, just watch out at the beginning of the season. And potentially as well, it's something where if I have Tatum, it's maybe somebody that I that I fall into a punt field goal percentage build with as well. And if you're playing in nine category, that could be a way to go. And of course, in points leagues, you just draft Jason Tatum. If, if he falls to you at seven or eight or nine, it's, it's really a no-brainer to take him. I would think mm-hmm. switching over to the box score for today, the first game that we saw was the Charlotte Hornets up against the Orlando Magic for the Charlotte Hornets. PJ Washington played 25 minutes. He's got some volume there, PJ. It's 17 shots, but he was a putrid four for 17 from the field. Mind you, he had two steals and a block, seven rebounds and two assists, PJ. We love you, mate, at the 120 value spot value that we've been getting. Uh, also for the Charlotte Hornets, Devontae Graham, he had 25 points, four rebounds, three assists and two steals. He was a beautiful eight for 15 for the field, which is something we don't expect from DVG. He was six of 11 from deep. Now, Devontae, before we get to the other rest of the box score, he's somebody you wanted to say some stuff about. You're not a big fan and you think uh, he's falls gold. I think he's fool's gold. I just don't think he's good enough. And remember, he's 25 years old. This is his third year, but he's already 25 years old. He's just not going to be good enough against the best teams to to play meaningful minutes and to play efficient to play efficient basketball. Combined with the fact that Lamelo is the future for for Charlotte, and Lamelo is going to take away a lot of those assists and definitely. Um, going to be a competition for minutes uh, at the at the guard spot. Uh, I mean, Devontae Graham was was uh, unplayable um, in in many situations lo- last year, and and I think it's only going to get harder with the other options that that the team now has and a distributor in in Gordon Haywood, uh, etc. Yeah, so uh, his assist value last season was really high. That was at two. Z score, assist value. He was really high in three-pointers as well, massively high. But if those two things drop off and his field goal percentage stays around where it is, then he definitely is somebody you don't want to take inside the top, I don't know, 120 or 130 or something like that. Somebody who you might take uh, inside the top 120, 130 potentially is Terry Rozier. And today his line was 24 points, 
five rebounds, six assists, one steal. He was also efficient, eight for 14, five for nine from deep. Now, he's another one who gets hurt by LaMelo Ball, who, by the way, was <laughs> disgraceful today. One for 10 was his line. Uh, of those three guys, obviously, DVG, you're out on. Would you take Rozier or would you take a gamble on LaMelo Ball? Um, I would take Rozier this year. Um, I don't, unless it's a dynasty league, I would not I would not be touching LaMelo this year. I think he's going to be incredibly inefficient, but incredibly exciting at the same time to, to watch play. Um, and But I'm also not that high i don't think many people are that high on 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 charlotte but i just don't see them make you know in contention for the playoffs uh this year a lot of people are saying maybe seven or eight seed i just don't see it yeah terry rosier is a guy in drafts that i've every time i look at him he's there at still there at around 100 i think oh i might get terry next round and then he's gone he's definitely Mm -hmm. not someone that i want to be reaching for there's a lot of red. If you look at his, uh, you know, ranks and basketball monster from last season, he hurts you in rebounds for for the, even for the position. His field goal percentage yeah. is also terrible. He doesn't get blocks. Um, he's not that great on assists, and he's not great on steals. It's really only three pointers and three throw percentage. And there are other people that you can find like that really late in the last round, even potentially like Seth Curry. Um, or your man Joe Harris over in Brooklyn. So I agree with you. I'm not in on any of those two. What about uh, Terry? He's naturally gifted rebounder. I watched him many years in Boston, right? So I'm surprised those, those rebound numbers never really uh, jumped up. Um, you know, he was averaging nearly five rebounds a game when he was in Boston. So maybe, but I wouldn't count on it. But uh, maybe there's room for improvement there. Yeah, and I, I, the other thing is too. Once Gordon Hayward comes back, we have to evaluate all of this stuff again in the, in the actual in season games, don't we? To see, I think Gordon is going to elevate everyone's play um, if he can play, if he can find his way to the court. Uh, I actually think Terry's one of the guys who could benefit more from from uh, Gordon's ability to distribute the ball. Mm. Yeah, but he's gonna he's gonna have to hit. He's going to have to improve his field goal percentage, obviously, with the u- reduced usage and just, yeah. you know, yeah. without the rebounds and steals. I, I don't see him have being really that exciting. You might as well take a flyer on other guys. Someone who is exciting, even though he's old and old man squad and a bit boring, is uh, Nikola Vucevic. He had 18 points, 12 rebounds, two assists, uh, four for six from deep and 7-11 from 11 from the field overall. He really is a value guy. You can't go wrong with Vooch, can you? I love Vooch. I think you know that I love Vooch. Um, and I expect three or four more years at this at this uh, level. Um, he's just a super efficient walking double-double. And if you can get him in the mid-20s, I think you, you, you jump. Someone who you can't get in the mid-20s, well, you don't get in the mid-20s, you get a lot later than that, is Aaron Gordon, uh, he had 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists, one steal, three for six from deep. Uh, and he also, it was six for 15 from the field, so reasonably inefficient there. But that's a decent line, isn't it? Um, with Jonathan Isaac out, are you in on Aaron Gordon or not? I am not in on Aaron Gordon. I think he peaked a couple of seasons ago, and it's going to be a slow decline from here. I also think it's his last season. Uh, in Orlando, um, I would not be picking him in the seventies. I would wait uh, a round or two later. What about people who have him in dynasty leagues? Is this the last season you could probably get any value for him? 
get, you know, try to get whatever you can for him right now. What about if he's still there after pick 100 in redraft, would you consider? Pick him in the 90s, yeah. But if you wait to 100, he's usually gone. Someone's got him around there. And I would be willing to pick up, you know, re- someone who plays small forward and power forward and can get some assists that late. You, yeah, Gordo doesn't look great for Dynasty, but while Isaac is out, he has some value in redraft as long as you don't reach too high. Uh, the next game on the slate this evening was the Pistons up against the Washington Wizards. The Wizards ran out winners 99 points to 96. Uh, for the Detroit Pistons, we've been looking at Jeremy Grant a little bit. He had 14 points, nine rebounds, two assists, and one steal. He's going to get you a steal or a, a steal and a block or a couple of steals and a block or a couple of blocks and a steal in most games, probably. But that shooting, four for 14 from is uh, horrible. Three, two for seven from the three-point line. He's probably going to blow up your field goal percentage pretty badly. He was four for six from the foul line as well. That's only 67%. So that might hurt you too. Uh, someone who might hurt you in different ways because he gets hurt himself a lot is Blake Griffin. He had 24 minutes today, 11 points, four rebounds, three assists, one for seven from downtown. Blake Griffin is somebody you want to talk about. Are people overreacting to the fact that he's healthy and going, oh, he's going to be value, like people are undervaluing him. So is this one of those situations that kind of ironically, because he's undervalued by some people, other people look for value and just get smoked? Run far and fast from from Blake Griffin. Uh, He had a huge drop-off last year, plus the injuries. I think you're going to see a similar relative drop off uh this year as well um and not just because he you know he's he's well past prime and 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 aging detroit is disgustingly bad and be wary of drafting any player from from detroit it's just going to be one of those seasons i think they're going to be the worst team in the league and that's something we've talked about too with with drafting with fantasy you want to find players that are going to have opportunity so the contrast to this is somebody like schroeder who is a good player and last season at, for stretches was amazing, especially second half of the season. His field goal mm-hmm. percentage was great. His foul shooting was great. His usage was high, but now he's on the Lakers who are a really good team and his usage is going to fall off. The flip side mm-hmm. of that are people like Grant, who's going to have a high usage and then stink up things. And also the fact that the team is bad towards the business end of the season. We don't know what the coaches and uh, are going to be doing. So hard to predict. Another thing that is, well, maybe <laughs> hard to understand is them yeah. trading for Mason Plumley uh, when they had Christian Wood, and they're only paying Mason Plumley what three or four million dollars a year um, less than than Christian Wood gets in Houston. That is madness, isn't it? It's just it makes you sad for for Detroit Pistons fans. Like what what in the world are they thinking? Other than maybe they're going full Sam Hinkie, and it's it's all about getting the number one pick in, in the next three or four uh, drafts. It's just awful. What an awful signing. Yeah, terrible. And look, Mason Plumley, don't be tricked as well. Late in drafts, you might think, well, he's the last valuable center there, but his, his three throw percentage is just really awful, enough that it could affect you badly. It doesn't have massive volume, but it's just, it's terrible. Something that is not terrible is the fantasy pass. All right, here's the thing. Hoopball, it's a great website. Our content is on there. Lots of other great content is on there too. We all love it. We love that it exists, but Hoopball needs to keep the lights on, uh, keep the wolves away from the door. So for a few weeks every year, we sell stuff. 
uh, especially at the beginning of the season. Obviously, this year, the best deal in fantasy is here at Hoopball. It's called the Fantasy Pass. It's just $4.99 a month, and you get the entire draft guide, the Brewski 150, our DFS Pass, and our all-in season fantasy tools. That is insane. It's just $4.99 for all that stuff. Cook yourself dinner tonight inside. Order delivery uh, instead of ordering delivery, and you can afford the Fantasy Pass for half a year. So please do check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fantasy Pass ad just below the main media wall. The second half of this game we need to look at now, which is the Washington Wizards, of course. Bradley Beal had 26 minutes, 15 points, five assists, three rebounds, one steal, one block. He was zero for seven from deep, seven for 15 Beal, we thought, would be more efficient playing with Russell Westbrook, but that was not a great start, Michael. I, I think he's going to be generally more efficient. I just think his his key, key stats, particularly around scoring, are going to suffer with ball-dominant Russell Westbrook um, running the show in, in Washington. Mm. So if we have a look at last season, uh, Bradley Beal was the 11th-ranked player in fantasy. Uh, had a lot of nice bright green, strong value categories. When you look on the spreadsheet, uh, he was, you know, obviously he was very valuable in points. He was actually really high in steals and assists as well. I wonder if that falls off though. So if he loses points and he loses some assists and steals, he's probably going to drop out of that, you know, almost certainly going to drop out of the, the top edge of the top 10 and be somewhere more like the end of the second round. Bradley Beal, that is. Uh, another yeah. player on the Washington. Oh, sorry. Do you want to jump in? Yeah, just I don't see him scoring 30 points a game again this year. I'd look to, I'd expect him to go back to around 25 a game, maybe five assists and four rebounds, which is still awesome. Just it's not going to be the same Brad Beal. It's also mm-hmm. travesty. He wasn't an all star last year. What about Russell Westbrook in today's game? Uh, his line was. Eight points. Wow, that was pretty putrid. He was four for 10. He only got up 10 shots. He missed three three three-pointers. But look at those counting stats again. Seven rebounds, three assists. Uh, He had a a steal in there as well. Only 17 minutes, though. We can't read too much into this. I love watching Russell Westbrook play, but I I just think um, this is is the, you know, this is not going to be a great season uh, for him. In a points league, you always get Russell Westbrook, but... I just think there's too much downside uh, with his with his shooting numbers. Um, it's just going to be uh, it's going to be rough, especially and, if you're picking the top twenty. And just finishing with a little tidbit on the wizard on the wizards uh, front, if you still haven't drafted yet, Thomas the Tank Bryant, oh. twenty two points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal, three for six from deep. Something happened to me yesterday. I think I had a complete brain fade, and I took. Uh, Brandon Clark instead of uh, Thomas Bryant in a dynasty league. Was that complete insanity? I think so. I think so. I think uh, Thomas Bryant is looking like you're like a, a future Vucevic. Uh, where, where, what number, you know, where did, where, what draft pick are we, uh, did you have? I think it was, it was, a, it was around about 60, 65, something like that. I, I definitely like um, Tommy the Tank. At 65, over over Brandon Clark. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Clark was a reach, definitely. I just, I don't know. I think I was sort of panicking about him missing so many games last season. And these things kind of impregnate your brain, even though Clark is the one who's been injured most recently. 
I think you remember things that hurt you in fantasy the season before a lot. And sometimes you can overreact to that, especially when you're under the pressure of like one minute picks. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, The third game of the evening was the Atlanta Hawks, one of our narrative, big narratives for the season up against the Memphis Grizzlies Uh, for the Atlanta Hawks. DeAndre Hunter, <laughs> and you were talking about overreaction, people that people overreacting to stuff. These are the kind of lines he can put up alongside yeah. the reasonably good ones. Today he was four points, four rebounds, one assist, uh, zero for seven from the floor, and zero for five from the three-point uh, line. The issue is, isn't it, with that kind of performance, he could fall out of the starting rotation, couldn't he, if you put up a few of those? Uh, yeah, and there's definitely a lot of interest interesting talented players on that roster so uh keep a close eye on 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 his pre on the rest of his preseason in the early uh games in the uh, regular season and somebody who started today at shooting guard and who could be in line to maybe start at small forward if they go smaller and take the andre hunter spot is cam reddish he had 18 points two rebounds two assists one steal two for six from deep, eight for nine from the line, getting to the, the foul line, that's a really good sign. Uh, four for nine overall. What about Cam Reddish? He's somebody you prefer to Hunter, like most people do, but uh, would you take Cam Reddish in the 11th or 12th round even or, or only in the last round of a draft? I think you can take him. I just don't see him ever being more than an average NBA player, though. I think he's more like a, a 13, 5 and 2 kind of guy, 5 at best in terms of rebounds. You look at the even the number today. Yes, you love to see the free throws, but 18 points, okay, but there's nothing else. There's really nothing else other than the free throws. So, I don't know. There's a lot of talent on that team and I just don't see him as a standout player. Uh going in, you know, at least through this year. But in preseason, he ranks as the 48th player, uh, but that usage is at 25. Last season, his usage was at 19, and they've got even more players. When his usage was at 19, he was the 201st ranked player. So if that usage drops back off to like 20 or under, then he's not going to have value. Uh, Somebody who does have value for the Hawks is Clint Capella. Uh, His line today was... Also very bad. And he played 15 minutes though. Four points, seven rebounds, three assists, one steal. He didn't have any blocks today, but he would normally get your blocks. This is a preseason thing, isn't it? We need to see him in 25 minutes before we judge. I don't think so. I don't think he makes sense on this team. I'm really, I was really confused by, by Clint Capella ending up in Atlanta. Um, You've got John Collins. Uh, This is, you know, he should be playing the majority of, you know, small ball center minutes. Um, and why not bring in a bruiser? Why not bring in someone like Aaron Baines on, on smart money uh, to to bash some, some skulls and, you know, in the paint? Why a, a rim runner like Clint Capello can't spread the floor, can't shoot? It's only going to clog it up in the middle. I'm, I'm for that reason, I'm a little down. Uh, you know, John Collins is an incredible player, but I'm a little bit down on on John Collins's value relative to perception, and I'm not super high on on Capella uh, unless you can get him, you know, in the you know in the 60s or, or later. Yeah, and I, I got him, I think 68 or something in a draft that I'm I'm very happy with that. But I agree, it doesn't really make sense, and uh, it certainly hurts John Collins as well. Though he was uh, much more efficient and valuable today, he had 15 points six rebounds, two assists, 
uh, five for eight from the field, and he hit a three-pointer as well. It's messy, isn't it, with John Collins and Capella, but is John Collins someone you like? I'll, I'll always like John Collins. I think he's got a, a bright future ahead. I just hope they can sort out this stuff with uh, with, with Capella because I don't think it's uh, net on net very good for the Hawks. So the last team we need to talk about today are the Memphis Grizzlies. Before we talk about the Memphis Grizzlies, I need to tell you about something very important, which is taking care of the hair on your body with Manscaped. Listen up, fellas, because today we have a new Manscaped product alert. The Manscaped has just released the Weed Whacker Nose and Ear Hair Trimmer. Take a look in the mirror and I guarantee you'll see hair sticking out of all of your holes. It's time to keep your ear and nose hair looking as good as the places downstairs. Manscaped is forever changing the grooming game with their Weed Whacker. This nose and ear and hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, stags, and tugs in your delicate holes. The premium Manscaped Weed Whacker uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual blade system. It's the only nose and hair trimmer on the market with a powerful and rechargeable lithium-ion battery that lasts for up to 90 minutes of use. Have you ever pulled your nose hair out with your fingers? I sometimes do that at the table, much to my wife's chagrin. And it also hurts a lot, uh, much, much worse than even nicking your balls just about. Manscaped is making whacking your weeds a time to look forward to delivering maximum confidence while providing hygiene, which is, of course, very, very important, especially these days. You'll get a replaceable blade every three months to keep your weed whacking time clean and enjoyable. Look, fellas, 79% of our... Uh, <laughs> Partners polled say that long nose hair is a major turnoff. It's time to upgrade your Manscaped routine with the Weed Whacker. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code uh, HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code HOOPBALL20. What are you waiting for? Go and whack your weeds. We've got just one player on the Memphis Grizzlies queued up to talk about uh, Maybe I'll talk about a couple more first before we get to Grayson Allen. Um, Dylan Brooks, 17 points. Uh, this is the problem with him. One rebound, one assist. He got a steal. It was six of 13 and five for eight from the three-point line salvaged it. But Dylan Brooks is somebody I like to stay away from. Ja Morant was good today. DeAndre Melton, 14 points, one rebound, two assists. He got a block as well. 17 minutes. If he can get up to 22, 23 million minutes, he has some value. Uh, Grayson Allen, 13 points, six rebounds, two assists, two steals, three for three from deep, uh, 18 minutes. Is he somebody worth watching, Michael? I just wanted to take note of Grayson Allen because I don't know if the numbers particularly show it, but he was dramatically better in his second year in Memphis. I think it's a better fit. And he might be the kind of player that just ends up finding his way into the you know i don't know if he's going to be a starter or or six man but i see him playing major minutes and if you look at his per 36 pretty solid pretty solid and and particularly with with the the growth that that uh inefficiency uh from year one to year two i'd take a flyer on him as my last pick i don't think he's on anyone's radar uh, i know he's a hated player but he's actually kind of fun to watch and he does make winning uh, winning plays. Yeah, well, for me, I think he's probably just a streamer, if anything. His value in the preseason is 164, which works out as a, a last-round pick. But if you look at last season, even with high usage or a higher usage, than he, or similar usage he's had in the preseason, he was the 305th-ranked player. 
very, you know, poor in points, rebounds, assists, steals are bad as well. Blocks are bad. He's really only got value in threes, which is negligible, and he doesn't make a lot of turnovers. The season before, when he had a higher usage, he was even worse, like 460 seconds. So yeah. <laughs> we should but probably... He played better the you know later on in 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 the season and I and I just want to keep an eye on him. He's just one of those players, particularly in like a dynasty league. Um, I'd be willing to uh, to buy low on on Grayson Allen. Okay, so let's let's finish uh, off today by you. You're you're a man who loves his stats and loves evaluating things. Tell me about this nine cat rider. This was in Dan Dan Bespris from Fantasy NBA Today, one of his private cash leagues. God. I was nervous as all hell going in. Shout out to my partner, Logan, Uncle Logan over in the US. He and I were banging back and forth. We had our spreadsheets open. We had projections up. Um, and we were debating. We ended up with this team. I'll read it out for you. Here we go. Drum roll. The team is, and this is Nine Cat Roto drafting from the uh, number 11 spot. Trey Young, Paul George, Christian Wood, LaMarcus Aldridge, OG, Thomas Bryant, there he is, Kelly Oubre Jr., Markel Fultz, Alfred Payton, PJ Washington, DeAndre DeAndre the Giant, Jordan, uh, Danny Green, Joe Joe Harris, Jordan Clarkson, and Darius Garland. What do you think about that? A few names stand out there. Christian Wood in round three. Love that. Joe Harris, late round value. Um, wow. Who, who, who are you drafting? It's this is the thing when you do the reading. I, I should be showing you this. This is bad hosting. But I can tell you all, according to Basketball Monster projections, we came out uh, with 68 Roto point projection. Uh, second is 62.5, quite a distance behind. We don't have any weaknesses. Uh, things that stand out there in terms of the drafting was we – how you draft for for value in different places, but also with for categorical scarcity, uh, and how you fix things up. So we took Lamarcus Aldridge in the fourth round, amazing for three pointers for a big man, but then we were dying for rebounds yep. and field goal percentage was bad. So our next picks were OG Thomas Bryant, Kelly Oubre Jr. So we got our our you know big man stats, we got our rebounds, we got OG steals and blocks, and then but then we would dog shit for assists so the next pick we went and got all we got Marco Fultz and then because we'd sorted out our field goal percentage we got Alfred Payton after that so something for people listening I guess and if you're interested I'll post this on my Twitter go and have a look I'll ask for people to evaluate it I won't say where Dan ended up I can just say maybe basketball monster doesn't value the, the old man squad as much as uh, as as he does but we'll see what they all say on Twitter about that <laughs> Uh, but definitely looking at how you sort of, you know, it's like you push down a ferret that pops out of a hole in one side and then another one pops out somewhere else and you have to kind of fix it up as you're going along for drafting for categories. Michael, what type of uh, fantasy do you like playing the most? Do you play categories? Do you play points? Do you play nine cat, eight cat? And what? give us one tip to finish off for today. Okay, so if I'm playing... I love a points league for the simplicity of it. If I'm just doing a redraft league, but I do love uh, dynasty. I do love dynasty. Um, I'm fascinated by these these other these dynasty uh, 
leagues that also incorporate contracts. I haven't jumped into one of those at this point, but maybe that's next year. Um, and so I guess my, my, my only piece of advice is pay, don't pay a ton of attention to, to preseason, um, focus on your players and obviously make sure that they're, that they look like they're going to be in the rotation and, and fit well with, with any new pieces around them. But, uh, generally speaking, most players do not make massive leaps year to year, up or down. Um, so I just like to focus on uh, where a player is in their career, what trajectory they are they, they are on year over year, and and um, you know there's not a, there's not a lot of Christian Woods out there, for example. So, yes, indeed. Yeah. There is not a lot of Christian Woods. Well, Michael, thanks very much for joining us. We've kept you up very late on Saturday night in New York. You're where are you? For, you aren't you in your office at the moment, up on the ninetieth floor or something? Uh, yeah, yeah, eighty fifth floor uh, in the World Trade Center. And uh, quick story, real quick, is you know just before we were about to record, I had to skip I had to use the restroom, and the security in this building is pretty intense, and I forgot my key card. I had to run down to the to the uh, uh, first floor, and the only reason they let me up is because I was wearing my Celtics hat, and the and the guy said, "Yeah, I'm from Boston. I I trust you. I'm going to let you in." So there you go. <laughs> There you go. Well, I don't trust you being a Celtics fan, but I do like you, and thank you for coming on the show today. That is the end of the box score breakdown. We will be back tomorrow to break down box scores. We've only got a couple of sleeps till the season starts. It's going to be really, really exciting. We'll be ramping up, of course, with the, the hoop ball guests that we have on normally, various experts, and then other people like Michael who play in leagues and have a lot of acumen that they're willing to share. Michael, thanks so much for joining us. Take care. All right. Uh, bye for now, guys, and we'll see you over on Twitter. Remember, I'm Mr. Jolly of Sydney, and that's where you can find me. Go and give me a follow. Also, give the Harlander 23 follow on Twitter as well, and we will see you over there for a chat. Bye for now. This has been a Hoop Ball presentation. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.